Greetings, film fans. We'll talk to our guest, Christina Rios, coming up in a second. We'll talk about King Lear. Get right into it. Around minute 16, In the Heights. Around minute 43, movies we didn't see, like Peter Rabbit 2. And then around minute 47, we will tease but not review The Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard. Around minute 54, we will talk about Loki on Disney+. Plus. Around minute 58, Conan and Colbert are kicking back up. And then around one hour and three minutes, all the socials and everything going on around town. We are so excited to have as our guest today, Christina Rios, and it is definitely the heat of the summer because she was just at the Wild Bird Sanctuary in 100 degree heat. Hey, Ah. Christina. Hi, thank you for having me. It is uh, real hot out there, just in case anybody uh, has one of those fancy radios that tells you everything except what temperature it is. I can tell you that it's uh, super hot. Like you don't need a number. It's currently, I don't care what time you're listening to this. It's 93 degrees outside in downtown. Feels like 102. Well, I went to I went to go see Andre de Shields last night as King Lear at Shakespeare in the Park. So and good. after eight o'clock, it kind of calms down a lot. And we heard the sea lions, and we heard we heard lots of things happening in the park. We heard owls. And we heard the amazing King Lear, and it's it's really it's really well done. I I applaud the St. Louis Shakespeare Festival for pulling it off, and it was great. I was in my twelve by seven foot pod, and <laughs> we had all of our people all huddled together, and we were maskless outside, and people were respectful of other people, and I enjoyed it. And Lynn went last week. I'm sure you talked about it last week, Lynn, but. I, no, I no, because we, uh, I hadn't been yet. That was that evening. Oh, I've gone oh. twice. You've went twice. Yep. I'm going to go again too. I'm not Good. Missing this. Well, it, it's, it's really well done. And I had the uh, park lager that they do. They are selling drinks. They are not selling food this year, but they are selling drinks and a lot of specialty cocktails that you can get up at the, up at the top. And Lynn, how was your experience? I loved it. I loved every minute of it. It was wonderful. It was like um, reemerging and it was like the field of dreams, you know, it's like if you build it, they will come. <laughs> it was a nice crowd mm-hmm. uh, and everybody was respectful of everybody's space. And the best thing was the, uh, this cast. Oh my yep. goodness. It's oh, just Chris- incredible. Now, Christina, um, you've gone twice. What what were what was the difference in your experiences? Um, well, hands down, I think it's the greatest uh, fool in King Lear that I've ever seen. The performance is just, I mean, it's not even, you can't even compare it there to anything else. It would be apples and horses. It's, it's such a, a brilliant, fantastic, um, not interpretation, but performance of that role. It is the first time in my whole life that I haven't hated Lear. And that's not just because it's Andre de Shields. It's because every time I've, I've seen Lear, you know, I've read Lear or been in Lear, um, he's always just this just crappy human being. Can I say mean. crappy? A mean old man. Yeah, he's just like a he's just like an angry dude. Um, and rather than I think that's the easy choice though. I mean, he's written to be a, a mean old dude. I don't I don't take anything away from anybody that's played him like a mean old dude, but I think what made Andre de Shield's performance so nuanced and so interesting and so, I don't want to say sympathetic, but I think sympathetic is the fact that all of this joy and all of this hope and all of these dreams that he has for Cordelia are so palpable. Um, it doesn't start off like this, this strange sort of like, well, tell me who loves me the most, which is how it's written. And I can't even imagine how hard it would be to not do it like that. But instead he really does put it up. Like I want to divide this up equally. Why should I give you my inheritance? Right. Like, tell me, tell me why you want this. Tell me more, more, more than why do you love me? Tell me why this is important to you. And that's just the first time that I've ever seen that. And to watch the slow descent into madness and the recognition in that one key moment when he's downstage right and he goes you know and he's like oh my gosh I I did her wrong I know I did I, I made the wrong choice and, and like and nobody ever corrects him right I mean we know like mm. you're you're 
you you did a really bad job parenting but he does he lives the rest of the play with that heaviness and that happens you know a solid third of the way through the other two thirds make sense I feel like for once why he goes mad also I think it's the greatest Edmund I have ever seen I will come and see that performance a million times if they would let me it is just so spot on with that we are no different why does he get everything and I get nothing it's mm-hmm. just a word that separates us and it's just so I, I don't know that I I know a lot of people are like it's so timely and it's so provocative and really I just think it's excellent I just think it's an excellently directed excellently performed piece that doesn't necessarily breathe new life into something old it just tells the story the way it was meant to be told to people now and not 400 years ago Wow. I th- yeah, I think the direction of it is really good because he just cuts to the chase and everything you understand everything, everything is moves at a swift pace and uh, you are able to pick out people. Uh, the diction is fantastic. And also Shields is 75. Yep, he's and- very spry. And he is going through all the hoops through this whole thing. And he's carrying a woman at the end. And he's mm-hmm. just put himself, I've given everything for three hours. Well, <laughs> no, I didn't say, it's, I said carrying a woman. That's it's, true. It's that's only, true. Lynn, it's only two and a half hours. Don't scare people away by saying it's three <laughs> hours. It's only two and a half hours. It's well, true. I really we, was done by like 1030. As we well, maybe it's because we had the mayor and Corey Bush talk and, and welcome oh. everybody, and then Tom Ridgely gave his intro, but he probably did that with you guys too. Oh, you no. were there on opening no. night. No, no, you it got started, opening night treatment. No, no, no. We, it started <laughs> at eight o'clock on yes. the dot. There, there's an announcement at uh, seven fifty-eight that says we're about to start, and then without any fanfare, it starts. Which I would just like to say, every that. company in the whole world, take note. Like you can do that. You can just, start on time. You can just, what well, even just like, just start. I mean, like I ran the poorest theater company in the city for years. And so I had to be like, Hey, by the way, if you like this, you can still give us money. But you know, if you're not worried about how you're going to pay everybody, we can just, we can just start. We can just get to the show. How neat is that? You don't need to do a thing that says, turn off your cell phones. And there's no, there was, they did all of that before eight o'clock. It was amazing. Plus, I, that is that sound design needs to be on everybody's oh. phone. It is the greatest sound. I'm just like, I mean, I married a sound designer, and both times we were there, we we're like, this is amazing. Are you hearing this? This is so good. Like, go, oh, I went this one too. And mm-hmm. the, oh, the yeah. use of music, the use of the drums, it's just, ah. Uh, it is the like music. A, yeah. The oh. music is fantastic. I think the same guy did the music and did the sound. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, yeah. I was there. I got there early because I was, I was dropped off. Even though you're in the pods, we, I still got there early. Cause I wanted to check everything out and they were doing a sound check before anyone was there. I was there, but <laughs> they, but they were doing a sound check and they were doing phasing and they were doing right and left and they were creating the ambiance just to make sure that the sound sounded great. Now, Lynn, you know what? We kind of just jumped into this without really introducing our guest. <laughs> I know, I know, I jumped in. But I will we, say, no, we um, did exactly what King Lear did. We jumped into it without like doing any preamble or anything. I'm the like cell that. phone talk. That's okay. Yeah. Well, one of the things I wanted to mention about Andre de Shields is that afterwards, as we were standing there talking, while the crowd dispersed, my friends and I, uh, uh, he was out on stage just uh, talking to people and, you know, taking pictures and hugging people and just like dancing. And I'm like, you have more energy than half the people in this building. Just, I mean, not the building, but you know, on the lawn in this park. In this park. Now I have my microphone Ooh. on, so Ooh. yeah. Oh, so hopefully, yeah. I'll have the better okay. sound. That's fine. Well, well I, now I Lynn, need, introduce our to, guest. Okay, I need to introduce <laughs> Christina. The reason I ask her on is because um, I was first introduced to her our theater company, RS Theatrics, and they were known for doing shows that had never been in St. Louis before. So she did a 
absolutely incredible production of Par- Parade, which oh. just, I had the ugly cry sitting there in the audience and and uh so 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 good and then uh she is she also did in the heights before anybody else and that's one of the reasons i wanted to have her in here but she is an advocate for uh, women and diversity in theater and uh she has uh been Let's see. You have been in other companies too. So you have that experience. So, but now you, um, you have earned a postgraduate degree and kind of had switched gears. So tell us about that. Um, Well, I mean, I think in a lot of ways, uh, education and running a theater company are a lot, uh, are a lot alike. They sort of prepared me for each other. I talk a lot at people who don't really want to be talked to and ask them to do things that they may or may not do. Um, but uh, I actually, I got done within the Heights, which I felt like was going to be the pinnacle of everything that I had ever created. And I think I looked around and went, I've worked up so hard to put on stage, a stage filled with, with what the world looks like. You know, I didn't have to, sacrifice things um I did have to ask the question a lot of times like you know where'd you find everybody Um, but for the most part it it went really smoothly and I think I sort of was left with this feeling of like what do I do next and I had always told the board that I was leaving after 10 years I didn't want to be there for more than a decade I don't think it's healthy I don't think a, a company should sit under the same person for that long because you're only getting my vision. You're only getting my, you know, I mean, even though there's so many people involved at the end of the day, it's all gonna be kind of sifted through or through the sieve of, you know, of my vision. And I I think it's really important for things to constantly grow and change and for as many brilliant people's visions as possible to, to take hold. So I knew I was almost done. And I thought, what do I do next? I don't really want to run a theater company again. Um, and you and have four children. I have four children. And, and we so, will see them popping up from time to time here. Yeah, today. you'll probably see them in the background. They know, though, they're they're amazing. And my husband and ha- already talked to them. They have to stand at the door and raise their hand, and then he'll come to Aww, them. He's working sweet. for Washu right over here. Um, so I guess we closed in September of 2017. And in January of 2018, I was checking my email and because I'm an UMSL uh, alumna, I had an email of like, hey, did you ever wanna go back to school? And I was like, mm, I don't know, do I wanna go back to school? So I just like randomly filled out the thing and sent it in and I was like, yeah, I don't even know what I'm doing and we're so poor and I can't afford to do any of this. And then I got a phone call and like three hours later by a recruiter who was like, hi, this is Linda in admissions. And I just love to talk to you about the thing. And I was like, oh uh, yeah, well, I don't really know what I'm doing. And I just kind of filled out a thing. And all that led to the next day I went up to campus to register for classes. And I didn't tell anybody because honestly, I was worried that I would fail. And I thought, um, not like failing grades, but I just thought, I don't know how to do this. I don't know how I'm going to balance. It was hard enough to do all the things I was doing. So while I was still running the company um, and occasionally working with other companies on my off time, I was also pursuing my master's degree in elementary education. And then I was also teaching full time uh, after I left the company and then in the middle of a pandemic teaching virtually and finishing my master's degree in elementary education while our Wi-Fi was like sweating and shaking because everybody was on it every day I'd go to the Wi-Fi and talk to it like a plant like hey buddy you're doing (laughs) great thanks so much friend you got us and so I teach at the don't break down today I know please please don't break down today you look so good can I get you anything buddy you want a cinnamon bun (laughs) um so I am a fourth grade teacher now and uh, I also am looking to start a very small uh, theatrical excursion in Herman, Missouri in the summers when I'm not teaching. Um, and the idea there is we'll do a Shakespeare in the Park when the Shakespeare in the Park in St. Louis has run its course. 
um, like when it's finished, like we won't, we won't run concurrently is what I'm saying. Like, so understand. We'll, we'll be out of that. Um, and then we'll also do a, probably a, a comedy and a musical and rep ideally at the end of the summer. Ooh. And then I'll jump in and go back to teaching. Well, that's very, very, very cool. And also good. Christina has, has a beautiful singing voice and she sings at churches. I do. And at the opera, a, I'm in a Union Avenue season next year. Oh, cool. I love Union Avenue. And they're going to be under the big top this year. We have, so, we have so much going on in St. Louis to talk about. And uh, that's going to overshadow our movie reviews because we don't <laughs> have that many this well, week. Let, yeah, let's start with In the Heights because yeah. well, she, that's she's Christina's an expert on wheelhouse. that. Christina's wheelhouse. Yes. So uh, the movie In the Heights opened yesterday in local theaters and on HBO Max. Carl now, and I were not privy to see it early because Warner Brothers has deemed the St. Louis and Kansas City markets uh, not necessary. To we're flyover their, country. Yeah, marketing <laughs> strategy. So because we both pay for HBO, we, we're getting this movie. But I had to see it. I was like, I have to see this. Do you want to see it in a big theater, though? I do. I'm gonna, I'm, I think I'm going to go to the High Point because the High Point's just cool. And mm -hmm. it's there. This is a the movie Esquire? that you should see on a big on a big screen. Christina is going to go see it tonight, yeah. so she's only experiencing it from, you know, producing it. <laughs> the the play experience. I will tell you just just I'm not going to do any spoilers, but they changed the framing device. Okay. And I'm not as familiar with the score as I should, so I don't know what they cut. But it's 17 songs, and during the credits. They play the new song, the new song, Home oh, yeah. All Summer. But there Mark is Anthony. a Hamilton, well, there are several Hamilton Easter eggs, but there is one Hamilton uh, musical motif that is played while he's on hold on the phone, which ah. is great. funny. Which is really great. And then that song's in the credits. And then uh, there's a, a um, Christopher Jackson. He's in the credits and he's, people talked about this. He was the original Benny on Broadway. Yes, he was. Oh. That's how they actually, they came, he uh, offered him the role of, um, of Washington while they were on the, the side of the stage waiting. To oh, wow. On. Well, and, and Lin-Manuel Miranda was the original, original lead of this play. On right. Broadway. Usnavi. Usnavi. Yep. Navi. Usnavi, which is, oh, I didn't know that story. That was hilarious. And the way that they did it in the film, I don't know how they do that on stage to make that joke funny, but in the in the film, it's very well done how they spring that on you. Yeah, well, I think I think this is a wonderful adaptation and uh, how they transferred it to the screen because, you know, as a musical fan, for every Chicago and Les Mis, there is Cats and, <laughs> my, and the Phantom of the Opera. And then I guess we could lump Jersey Boys with that. For every successful show. For every Dream Girls. There's a terrible, <laughs> you know, thing. This but is this, not, this is not one of those. No, this is so vibrant, celebrates the street culture. I did see the national tour at the Fox. I didn't see it on Broadway. Did you see it off Broadway or on Broadway, Christina? I did not. I was pregnant for five years <laughs> in there. So I just kind of missed <laughs> everything. But that's, but what, you, but that's okay. you have made up for it because your <laughs> theater company also did one of Lin-Manuel Miranda's one X 21 yeah, Chump Street, 21 Chump Street, which, which also just... it was uh, Anthony Ramos's. Mm -hmm. uh, he was the lead in that, too. Yeah. So Anthony Ramos, he in Hamilton, he plays Philip Hamilton. He is the son of he's the son of Alexander Hamilton. And that's how, you know, I, I'm guessing Lin-Manuel probably got him through that. And well, they he worked was also together in, in the Heights. Oh, he was in the Heights also. Mm -hmm. Was he Sunny in the Heights? Probably then he was. Okay, that that makes a whole bunch uh, more I, sense. I think he was actually his understudy. Okay, too for for Usnavi. Well, the original the original Graffiti Pete is a bartender. 
Okay. And the, the club. But also um, our lead was he was in a star is born as Lady Gaga's best friend. Ah! So yeah, he's been he's been in a lot of things because everyone's like, I I've seen that guy, but he doesn't always have the mustache and goatee, and he looks like a baby when he doesn't have have it. And right. I'm well, he, he is on he is on the cover of Time magazine this week. He as, is also beautiful. Yeah, as the yes, new, beautiful young man. As the that is new, an objectively beautiful human. Yeah. Well, yes. as the as the new generation of leading men, the director pointed that out on Twitter last night because I was following up, seeing what everybody was posting. Uh, the director is John M. Chu, who Crazy did Crazy Rich, Rich Asians. And for a two hour and 23 minute movie, he keeps it moving. It oh, is and by the way, there is a there is a final scene at the end. So don't. Yeah. If this was Netflix, you would have you'd miss it because they jump over it. But. There is a final scene at the end featuring Lin-Manuel Miranda, who is in the movie, but he's not a lead, which is good. No, he's the Paragua guy. He, they, he would take you out of it, I'm thinking. And this is what I told people back in July when we previewed Hamilton. I watched this with the subtitles on because I wasn't familiar with the musical and I wanted to make sure that I got every single line because when i saw hamilton the first time i was already familiar with the cast album so i knew all the songs are in people might not be familiar with all the songs from in the heights and if you aren't do yourself a favor turn on the captioning it's like it's some people the people that are watching this are probably not the people that are offended by uh subtitles anyway so (laughs) so you wouldn't you won't be offended i did have a little nitpick with hbo max Sometimes they say speaking Spanish and I said, well, you could you could translate that, even though there are I'm guessing it's some things that they they don't want the audience to know, because there are some Spanish lines that are translated for you, even though not all of them are. And some of them are titles of songs. And like I I had to look up uh, patience and faith because I didn't know I didn't know that that's what those I figured out patience, but I wasn't sure what the other word was. So having the subtitles on can actually help you in this. And I, I, I recommend it. I think Anthony Ramos, a star is born here, not only with him, but the two He was girls. in a star is born. I know, but I'm just saying he's going to be, he's going to be more in demand now because of this. Yusnavi is a very good natured, good hearted, hardworking guy. And he embodies that. And mm-hmm. it's just a great story that people can identify with about chasing your dreams and finding your place in the world. And uh, the beauty of the 2008 one, which I was not familiar with till I saw the clip on the Tonys. And then I was like, who is this Lin-Manuel Miranda? I need to find out more about this guy. And it was so charming. And I think uh, Anthony Ramos is a, a charisma goes a long way those two girls um i are women the uh, leslie grace plays nina who is the one that made it out she Mm -hmm. is the smart girl that goes to stanford but she comes home very conflicted and uh she and her father is jimmy smith right who sings for the very first time on screen it was nice to hear that yeah yeah and in fact he was on that tonight show broadway's back number that they did the other day and they asked him if if it was harder to sing live on the tonight show or in the movie and he said well live because we didn't have vocal coaches Mm -hmm. (laughs) so the movie but the movie's a long time coming because the play won the 2009 tony won four Tony Awards and has been in so-called development all these years. And meanwhile, Lin-Manuel Miranda writes Hamilton and we all know what happened there. And then the movie was supposed to come out last year. Now, I don't know who this choreographer is, Christopher Scott, but it's just these incredible street scenes. They're so pre- the uh, pool I- scene is the pool scene is a mar- modern marvel. Yes, it's like Busby Berkeley from the old movies. And so he stages these scenes in the streets in Washington Heights. They were filmed in Washington Heights, but also on sand, on water, 
and on asphalt, you know, and, and on, on sound stages that I'm not spoiling anything. <laughs> no, no, but the rest of the cast is really good. Well, don't forget Melissa Barrera. Yeah, Melissa Barrera. She is Vanessa, and I love her. She, she is so good as as Vanessa. Vanessa is also a girl with a dream who does nails at Daniela Salon, who is played by the Daphne great Ruben Daphne Vega. Ruben Vega, mm -hmm. the original Mimi in Rent. Mm -hmm. So it's nice to see her back in things. Well, and also you have uh, Olga Redes. She was with Jimmy Smith, but she originated Abuela on Broadway. Yep. Aha. Uh -huh. Well, and she's she, fantastic. She's great, too. Yeah. And there Corey Hawkins. Oh, go I ahead. I think she was, she was also originally, um, in earlier cuts, Benny's mom played a big part of the, of the show. Okay. And so she was... Benny's mom and then when I think they when they got rid of that part then she became the um like Grandma. not the swing but like you know the the cover for a couple of different roles and then when everything kind of got down to where it was then she uh she was the original abuela well Usnavi runs a bodega and as having a son in Brooklyn I got really familiar with the bodegas in the neighborhoods mm -hmm. and you go uh, shopping every day for just what you need because your refrigerator is that bit that big right and you get and you can get sandwiches made by the deli and, and they, they're they're a one-stop shop because you can only carry so much to your house yep right and uh, we forgot Corey Hawkins Dr. Dre from Straight Outta Compton who he has, has Benny beautiful voice beautiful oh my voice. gosh amazing and Okay, there is one thing. This is a very heavy dancing show. So these women are not um, necessarily real women. They are, they all have dancers' bodies. Yes. They are rail thin and they can do the high kicks and they can do everything. But uh, the girls in the nail salon are more uh, of, a, of a natural person that you'd find in Washington Heights. And one of them is Stephanie Beatrice from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. That's right. And, I, That's and she right. sang too. And but I, I like that all the women are role models in yes. their own way. Every single woman character is a role model. I, I really enjoyed it. I was I I was torn whether I was gonna like it or not. And I do think at times it sounds exactly like Hamilton. And I know this was first. I know this was first, but it we're so used to everything about Hamilton because it is such a cultural mainstay mainstream now and i'm like wow this came first and you can hear how he got better at things too because since this was first it sounds a lot like hamilton you can see how he's building to something even better and i'm not saying that hamilton's better than this it's different than this it's a different and it's also not just a different story but it's you see that the same themes exist in, in the Heights and Hamilton about dreamers living their dreams. And they contemporize this. They bring it to today, the director and the screenwriter. And Christina, um, you will pronounce this name way better than, than I would. The Kira Hudis, uh, who did the original book on Broadway and then has done the screen adaptation because they she add the dreamers, it. they add activism, they add a more of a class struggles, like some of the personal dialogue that uh, Nina has about being out at Stanford and how certain people treated her. I don't think that was in the original uh, play, but I could be I could be wrong. What made the 2008 musical so special was because it was so different because of Manuel's, um, Lin-Manuel Miranda's uh, hip hop lyrics. That wasn't a thing on Broadway. And he does have a distinct style and you catch, you just get into that rhythm right away because you are familiar with Hamilton. So if you're not familiar with this, it won't matter because you just get in the groove. It has a salsa beat and it has as more of a cultural influence. But another thing is he wrote what he knew he still lives in this neighborhood, Washington Heights. And so he wrote about the people he grew up with. Well, I also think there's an argument to be made for the fact that, um, like, personally, I like, uh, Hamilton's probably my all-time favorite show that I've uh, ever seen ever. Um, but and you saw the original cast. I did. 
Um, I was very lucky. Uh, but before that, it was it was in the Heights. And not just because I'm a Latinx person. I think because it is so honest and um, positive and exciting. And yet at the same time, it doesn't shy away from, from speaking all kinds of truth. Um, I think what really surprised me about it was how few people um, outside of, um, you know, like, Theater I, I would say I would say dominant culture folks, how many dominant culture folks didn't know about this show. But in, you know, I think the argument is to be made that the reason that maybe it has to be so positive and it has to be so open. And one of the things that people talk about all the time is the universality of it is because it is about people of color. And when you are not white, you grow up seeing everything with dominant culture people in it. And we don't have to be taught how to care about these characters. We don't have to be taught how to care about these people's dreams or their struggles or the protagonist or the antagonist. We just watch them and understand that this is entertainment form. But it feels like when it is about people of color, then we have to be really, really, we have to constantly strongly remind people in the dominant culture that this is a really universal story. You know, they're like, don't worry, it's about dreams. There's, um, I think there's the argument to be made that it kind of has to succeed because otherwise, otherwise it reflects, you know, otherwise it, just like anything, it, it carries the weight of there the can't be culture. another, uh, There can't be another Hispanic or Latino movie because this one didn't fail. So therefore they would all fail. So it's got a lot on its shoulders, which is not true, but that's sometimes how Hollywood thinks. Well, that is, is how that, yeah. that's how the world thinks. Right. I mean, well, that's how is, that's how the entertainment is, industry thinks. Right. Well, I think what we're talking breaking too. What what we're talking about with Shakespeare, um, with the Shakespeare Festival, and what we're talking about with In the Heights, I think what we're also not saying is that you know there's the Shakespeare Festival is just filled with black excellence on the stage, um, you know, with just people of color across the board, and In the Heights is again just people of color across the board, with the exception of perhaps. Um, you know, ensemble members, chorus members. And those productions carry an, a ridiculous um, amount of expectation uh, on their shoulders. So they, they can't just be okay to too many people in the dominant culture. They have to be spectacular and they have to be great. And as a person of color, you know that when you make something. Um, so I, I love it. I think it's universal, but I also think a lot of things are universal. And I think it's really interesting to hear um, how shows about people who aren't white get touted, I feel like more universal than shows with dominant culture folks. Like we have to make sure everybody's okay with that. Um, I, you know, I, I, I just think it's interesting. And, and realize that the focus on family and culture and the food and the traditions and the heritage. Another thing I think, uh, and you have experienced this, Christina, because I know uh, people lump, as with all Asians, people lump all Latinos together, whether they're from Dominican Republic or Cuba or Puerto Rico or Mexico. And they and, address that in one of these songs. Right. And so I think that that's great when the songs get ad addressed and uh, I mean when it gets addressed in the movie because people just assume you're you know oh you're from you Mexico. speak Spanish you must know somebody from Puerto Rico <laughs> yeah. but I mean that's that's the culture that we uh that we live in unfortunately uh, oh you're European you know mu you must know French no it doesn't work the other way around but, but, but I do enjoy asking people that. <laughs> <laughs> That'll never get, or I just like to say, why do you think that? Oh, that's yeah. Just confront, just confront people on, on it. But I think this cat, it's so vibrant. It's such a feel good movie. You're going to fall in love with these characters. Uh, they, uh, there's so much energy and exuberance in these dance numbers. I was on my feet. I would have been really annoying at a movie theater. Dancing? <laughs> yes, because when I saw Hairspray with my friend, we stood in the back 
and through the the whole curtain call, we were dancing with the people on the screen. So I know that I would have been really annoying to see at first because I was up on my feet half the time. You just you just want to uh, be part. And another thing about the film, it takes place over the course of three days during a New York heat wave. So that adds to it. And before a blackout. Yeah. Yes. It's and the countdown. The countdown to the blackout. Yeah, it's a well-constructed film. I think um, uh, those of us who love it in the in the film Twitter universe, we were all singing his praises. And then you have detractors. But do you think he George Lucas did a little bit since he knows how to do things better now that when (laughs) he was adapting it for the film or for the screen? Do you think that he said, well, because with Hamilton, they just basically shot the play so but he's worked he worked on mary poppins he's worked in film and tv a lot more now than just theater so do you think he made corrections lynn see i don't know i just know that some people are upset about a couple songs that were cut but uh again it's almost two and a half hours right well he pretty much let the other people i mean it's based on his concept and he is a producer so of course his fingerprints are on this but he let the director and the screenwriter go like his names aren't in the credits for those but i do think you know you learn i mean obviously this is what 13 years this material is 13 years old how to bring it into the 21st century conversation and i think after the couple years we had with the whole immigrant situation this is this is another thing that's focused on after what we've been through we're just putting it out here okay and uh i think uh because uh miranda is also such an activist for his culture for that area for everything he's everywhere he is everywhere promoting this movie because he knows how much is riding on this well the original play had 25 songs and this one has 16 plus the bonus one featuring mark anthony who has a non-singing role in the movie which is hilarious which was created for the it's not in the play okay Sonny's father is not in the play. All right. I see. I I do know that. that. I do know that from what I did. I mean, I saw it at the Fox, like when it was the first national tour. And then I saw Christina's, which, and which introduced me to Carmen Garcia, who was absolutely fantastic. Who's just spellbinding. As Abuela Claudia. And I was like, who is this lady? She was just, she had returned to acting. She hadn't performed in a very long time. So Christina made these people. um, uh, Christina has made uh, plays and uh, material available to us not familiar with it and also introduced us to uh, new characters. So, yeah. yeah. And the Mr. Burns, I remember that. I I was just trying to run down different things. The every brilliant thing. Was that it with the one woman show Mm -hmm. with Nancy? Yeah. She's done all these really interesting projects and participated in the theater crawl and raised four children. (laughs) That's the most important. It's been a wild ride. Um, I can't actually, I can't wait to take my kids to see this movie because um, other than Hamilton and you know, and we, I, I took them every time I went to see King Lear and we'll take them again. I think it's so important to, to see a world where the characters look like them and our family and our friends, where the, the characters are culturally relatable, where there's just, you know, BIPOC excellence hmm. all around. Uh, that's not something that I grew up with. I didn't see anybody who looked like me until um, I think I was 15. I mean, I saw Maria on Sesame Street um, yes. as a kid, but that was it. Well, I think, uh, you know, it's it's weird because, you know, Carl and I were talking about this, but you that phrase that is so used now, people feel seen. And that's what is going to, the takeaway from this movie is that people will feel seen. And I hope they build on it. And I hope there's 
more to do. And uh, the Hamilton dudes, you know, um, Miranda has very loyal team put together. So mm -hmm. Kale is involved, Lackamore is involved, Andy Blankenbuehler. Um, he did not do the choreography though. So this Christopher Scott, whoever, I mean, it just pops. And the it's whole, incredible. It's the whole thing is just, it's, it's a joyful return to uh, the magic of music and the magic of movies. And it's a great, if you haven't been to the theater yet, it's a great way to start. Yes. And now, you opening weekend, don't forget you vote with your wallet. That's what I tell people all the time. Like you vote for your wallet with the weekend and especially in a cast that has people of color. It's really important that, you know, I, I can't wait to, to show up and, and pay full price and be there and well, buy popcorn I, that my kids are gonna spill and stuff because that that just that just says to the to hollywood and that says to people who tend to to be pretty myopic about things that there's not just an audience for that but that there that all the audiences want to come and see a show about this that this isn't geared towards me and my family that this is geared towards people excellent a mom have, asked a mom asked me if her, she could take her 10 year old and so we should bring up the rate it's a pg-13 they say it, shit a couple times, but it's not excessive language and there's no sex scenes. No, so sex thing. so Chase she was kissing closed mouth kissing. So uh, I was happy to tell her that. So she's taken her 10 year old. Uh, she's going, oh, good, because, you know, it's yeah. good. Yeah, all, all my kids, all the, the stage production. So they're fine. I'm taking my five year old, seven year old, nine year old. We're going to sit there and probably get sticky with popcorn and probably eat too many pretzels, but it's just, I just think it's important. Like you can't have an IC. You can't see. Have an IC. Like, yeah. It makes me want to see the play again, but I'm going to see the movie again. I'm going to watch it again this weekend on a big and, screen. And uh, I'm going to really have, and I'm going to watch the clips because there's always those Tony clips. One of the songs that I remember from the, from the musical is the 96,000 about mm -hmm. the lottery ticket, because everybody feels like that about a lottery ticket. You know? It also has the, uh, it has the theme in uh, Hamilton from it that some people catch out, but it's got that. And it's then they surround us and they so you know, like it's the same it's yep. the, the musical same motif. Same musical it's a good one though. If you're gonna it's like when you have you're a great steal black from dress, yourself, steal the best steal the stuff good from part. yourself. Steal yeah. the good parts. Well, now, that's going to be um, that's one the of the of best the movie. It's, well, it's the movie of the week. It's going to be one of my favorites, probably on my top 10. And it's going to be uh, looked upon favorably in the pantheon of movie, of movie musicals. Because our St. Louis film critics and other people just question Hamilton being a film. But Carl and I argue that it is a film. It's a film. And it is a film. And it, it was uh, filmed, so that makes it a film. Well, so, they filmed it three. <laughs> it wasn't one performance; it was the course of three days. Right. So, yeah. So we're gonna we're just gonna champion this movie. But movies right. that we we saw this week that aren't worth champion are they did not show us. St. Louis has fallen in the markets, and so we were not privy to not only uh, what else didn't we get to see? We didn't get to see Peter Rabbit too. That's right. Peter Rabbit 2 from Sony. And tomorrow, if you go to the theater, you get free popcorn, according to Marcus. But okay. yeah, for Peter Rabbit 2. But I didn't see Peter Rabbit 1. I didn't, but I heard it wasn't bad. It's so. also at the drive-in with Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. Like yes. one oh. of the greatest movies ever made that's, on that's a drive-in theater. It's, it's like the it is hands down. It's my, I am such a huge cinephile and it has got to be in my top five. Now, like, Christina, it, have you seen on Netflix, the Millers versus the, uh, the, the Mitchells. Mitchells versus, versus the machines at least 12 times already. Nice. That is my favorite <laughs> movie of the year so far. It is incredible. Good. It is absolutely incredible. Oh yeah. I will like, you know, I, I know people are like one good thing to come out of the pandemic. And I'm like, no, stop. Nope. Like there's nothing good that came out of this, but I will say a, a positive moment uh, or positive moments uh, throughout the last year and a half where that I really got the chance to sit down and give my 
children and myself like a solid multicultural international entertainment just life lesson after life lesson like we watched Bluey is the greatest children's show on television (laughs) right now like that is my hill I will die on that hill it is the best children's television show I have ever seen everybody in the whole world should watch it they capture in seven to eight minutes what most Marvel cinematic universes like can't get after 30 years like there it is just it is breathtaking and nuanced and painful and hilarious and beautiful. And they're all seven minutes long. Like Bluey is amazing. Never would have known Bluey. Um, you know, Over the Moon is just incredible. We have oh, the soundtrack oh, in the, like so beautiful. Break my heart. And speaking of Hamilton, people. Right. Oh my gosh. It's just like, I can't even. Kalipa Sue. She's oh my gosh, and she's just incredible. That's like the first time I saw it, I was like, oh, I want to sing that. And then the next time I saw it, I was like, I don't want anyone to sing that ever but her. Uh, <laughs> and you know, and and getting to watch Hamilton with my family with the cast that I saw, um, and getting to watch it whenever I want to. I mean, that's riotously nothing I ever thought I was gonna get to be able to do. And we just get to sit and watch these amazing things you know, after already spending a ton of time with each other. And it's, it's wonderful to watch them grow and get, and think this is normal, you know, like, right. of course it's normal that there are all these shows about, about people that, that are not always in the dominant culture. Like, of course it's totally normal. Like they're, they're growing up in an entirely different way than, than I did. And I think that's why they're so much cooler than me. Now, Lynn, did you also get to see take me somewhere nice? Not yet. We'll have to talk about it next week. And we'll also have to talk about the Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard, which comes oh, out next Wednesday. I can't wait. I missed my screening what? tickets. I was supposed to go to the screener yesterday. Okay. I couldn't go. Let me tell you. <laughs> let me tell you. He this. saw it already. No, you didn't. Oh. I did see it. And I'm telling people it's like a sixth grader wrote it. No, don't tell me that. Did that you like the so- first one? I mean, I didn't you don't dislike rem- the first one. It you was didn't, fun. Re- you don't remember the first one. You don't remember how bad it was. I feel like every now and then, like I'm a super cultured intellectual being and I enjoy increasing my vocabulary and I enjoy that I have a vernacular that I'm known for. But also sometimes I just want to wear a t-shirt and like old shorts I should have thrown out a long time ago and have a domestic beer. Okay. Like I don't think that makes me less. And every now and then I do that entertainment wise. Now hold on a second. Okay, this movie, here's what I will, uh, here's what I've been telling people about it. It's like a sixth grader wrote it. Oh. It's it's um, what they think about sex. They talk, oh, about, no. they say the F word a lot. And oh, no. but, the, but, and they, it, cause like, that's what a sixth grader would do. They talk about boobies a lot, but no. they don't show any, which is like, like a sixth grader. <laughs> um, and then the sixth grader has drawn a whole bunch of explosions that don't make sense in physics or chemistry at all. And then they give it to the director and said, make this happen. And so there are a lot of, pointless and needless explosions everywhere and the fact that um in the real world samuel l jackson is 72 years old he would not be trying to have Have a baby baby. (laughs) with selma hayek who is in her 50s by the way so that is the main crux of the movie these two are trying to have a child which is damn near close to impossible so that it's like, hey, let's have Nick Fury have sex with this pretty woman. And so therefore it was written by a sixth grader, even though it's written by the guy who wrote the first one. So I don't know what that says about his mentality. And that's all I will say about that until next week, because it's embargo. And I will say when asked for my opinion of the movie, I used that exact same thing because... (laughs) Uh, first, I said six-year-old, but that, that's not that's too much credit to six-year-olds. So yeah, they six, don't know enough about. Well, exactly. Sixth grader. Sixth grader is like the perfect age for all that BS. They like stayed up and watched Cinemax a couple of times and feel like they've got <laughs> it down. Like, I know exactly. Although I will say like. I will, but I didn't say that that was a bad thing. I that will a sixth fork over money any day of the week and twice on Sunday to see anything in the world that Salma Hayek is in, though. Oh, and I'm I, like, she's, she's a great. terrible, terrible, awful 
fangirl fan and I'll just be like, it doesn't matter what she, I would, I would pay $20 to watch a movie about her, like going grocery shopping. And I would just be like, she's amazing. Like Frida. (laughs) She's, she's just my, she's just my everything. I love her so much. And and I, I love her as well, but I don't know if this is the best vehicle for her. <laughs> and I, you know what? And I, and I've already, I already named what the next one's going to be. It's going to be the, the hitman's hit wife's child's bodyguard. That's what it's going to be called because I guarantee they are going to have their insane dream of having a kid. And it is going to be I, the hitman's wife's child's bodyguard. That is if they make a third, if they make if they have the stupid idea of making a third one of these, hopefully it's the end of a trilogy because put these people who are very talented in a much better project, please. And you know what? Maybe they're having a lot of fun doing it, but whatever. Yeah, I told my husband, I was like, I can't wait to see that. And he was like, wait, this movie? And I was like, yes, can't wait to see it. I love Salma Hayek. I will show up for anything that she does. Yes. He was like, okay, I guess I'm going with you. I was like, yeah, you don't have to. It's okay. No, leave him at home with the children. Oh, yeah. By the way, don't bring your children to this. No, I won't. But like, I also, the first movie that I saw after I had a really difficult um, pregnancy and delivery with our last child. And like the first time that I was out and I was able to walk and I was just like, coming back slowly into the world very first place I went was to see this terrible movie with J-Lo in it because again I'm like I'll just give you my money just give I'll just sit was here it and made watch. in Manhattan no that's a fantastic movie uh-huh. that's an amazing like that movie that's a okay, great has, movie never, never seen it Daniel Bedingfield song that I love so much it does if it you're also not has, the if I, if you're not the one you're not the one yeah it also I has a song her and gorgeous designer gowns they show how to like do hair it's fantastic was it no, hustlers then <laughs> no that's also an incredible movie that i may These or may are two not have... movies i have not seen no there it's it's amazing and the last line of hustlers like everybody has to sit and write it down and like marinate on it because okay. it's so true so no what was I, it? I saw the one i saw the boy next door oh wow Oh, I think wow. I, I missed that. I it's, that. It was so. Oh, I, I think I've seen that like on uh, pay per view, not pay per view, but uh, satellite. Yeah. I didn't pay but, for it. But again, I'm like, I'm going to vote for my, I'm going to vote with my wallet. I'm going to mm-hmm. let the studios know that if you put JLo in a movie, you know, at least this person says, you know, I'm here to see it. And we're, my, my husband took me. We were like, oh my gosh, it's terrible. I'm like, yes, Why did but you look do at this her to me? skin. But look at that skin. Her skin mm. is just dewy. And he's like, Christina, it's a filter. I'm like, you're a liar. It's not. She's perfect. Yeah, she's cute. Well, I do know that when Still. she was judging American Idol, um, um, when she was she was in St. Louis, you know, the mm-hmm. the Four Seasons people. Yeah. Not fans. She- not the landscaping place. <laughs> no. no, no, she's talking about the but, but hotel you know, downtown. demands because she wants to look incredible. So there's a lot of demands mm. for her to get that way. All right, you let's know. let's. But I'm okay opposite. with her being back with uh, uh, Ben Affleck because I like him and I did not like a Rod. And, and there's okay. a story because Made in Manhattan, she turned 30, mm-hmm. and while she's doing the shot where she's in that gorgeous pink, I think it's Givenchy. Um, that gown and like her hair's all up in the fall and everything like that. He was waiting in the trailer with her Aww. birthday cake. Like they Aww. were engaged and he was like, I'm just, no, I don't need anything. I'm just waiting for Jennifer. Aww. And uh, her mom, apparently um, he's filming a movie out in Las Vegas and her mom was seen with him. Her mom. Oh, you hang out with the mom and you're he's basically. And it's gotta be real. It's gotta be real. So now yeah. friends don't hang out with, with other friends, moms <laughs> leading back to something that Christina mentioned earlier, speaking of the MCU, which is the opposite of bluey uh, Loki <laughs> is on Disney plus right now. Unlike the last two shows, they're coming out on Wednesdays and our friend Max Foise was not a fan of the <gasps> first episode of Loki, which I, I thought, I thought it was fine. And the second episode's even better. Oh, that's think, good. I haven't I haven't had a chance to dive in yet. I think that Tom Hiddleston um, is perfect uh, <laughs> in every 
possible way. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I really loved about the 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 first episode is they really his Loki is so fantastic because it's just so British. But and right? it's also it's, like, it's also the Loki from the Avengers. He hasn't grown through right. the other four movies. So he's everybody still, else grew. Everybody right. else had an arc, and he's just like. Um, well, he, Loki had an arc too, but this is he, he got sucked out of time before his arc completed right, and I mean. became a hero. Yeah, and so, so he's it's like different. he's like the the British send up of what Americans think of British people, mm-hmm. and but he's such a brilliant, talented actor that he does it with such. I mean, aplomb feels like a ridiculous word to use there, but the whole like, like oh, that's stupid. And then the what if I am a robot and I don't know like. <laughs> Like it's it's yes. he's so funny. Like I, I don't know that that script would work with any other actor. Like there's two kinds of actors that do um like comedy drama like dramedy, mm-hmm. um and they're the ones that are like this is going to be funny. Here it comes. Like you can feel it. It's all mm-hmm. getting telegraphed to you ahead of time. And that's not even a bad actor. It's just a different kind of acting. But and what I love script. about yes, but what I love about his dramedy is that it could always go the other way super mm-hmm. quickly he's just like he's everybody who's ever had to be in uh dmv except it's 1975 and this <laughs> is just ridiculous like but but he does it in such this gentlemanly like he should be in gucci and, uh, the, and the banter i i argued with this with max the banter between owen wilson and tom hiddleston is better than the coveted banter between anthony mackie and sebastian stan because they were trying too hard i, I think it's i think it's great what, what i love about owen wilson is that like this character knows nothing my, about anything well my my husband was like oh my gosh that reminds me of of when we have conversations it, but he's like i've watched you do that to actors where you already know what you want but you're just gonna like I'm not going to call you out and say you're doing this thing. I'm just going to keep asking you questions. Like, so I guess you enjoy mm-hmm. that because that seems to be what you're doing. And then I know like, I'm like, oh, really? Because here is where you did it. So I guess I just thought that that was something you were doing. You know, do you like killing people and failing? Mm-hmm. Do you like failing? There yeah, seems I- to be a lot of failing happening. That's so wild. So I guess, mm-hmm. do you like failing? Well, <laughs> yes. So, and I will say starting next Wednesday, I've seen episode two which this this series is only uh, six episodes. So I've already seen Uh. one third of it. And the second episode is better than the first. But now I'm trying, I don't want to say things that happened in the first or second episodes because I don't want to spoil. And I don't want to spoil it for you, Christina, because there's a scene that you don't see. You only see the reaction of Tom Hedleston about something that happens to Loki. And it's just very moving because we as the audience know what happens Mm -hmm. and Loki doesn't know what happens. And it is, it is, it is very well done. I I appreciate it. And he's shirtless when this happens. No. Okay. Well, it's all right. I'll watch it anyway. (laughs) Now, Um. Lynn, Lynn. Yes. Hi there. Hi. Um, I have put my tickets in for Conan O'Brien's last week of shows. I doubt that I am going to get them, but I'm going to try and I will go out to Los Angeles alone if I have to, to go see whoever's going to be on Conan's last week. I didn't ask for the last show because I know that everyone's going to go for the last show. I'm like, oh, and they're, they're also the weird thing about this. If you go to co- teamcoco.com slash shows, I think it is slash tickets. Maybe it doesn't matter. Just go to team Coco. They'll tell you how to do it. But what they are doing is they're taping the day before and editing it down. So it's going Sunday through Wednesday. So they're not actually doing them the live. same day. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, no, they never did them live anyway. They were always doing, they always do them at five o'clock and then they, sure. you know, edit sure. it down. But they're giving themselves a whole day to edit. To, wow. So it'll oh. be good. Well, they've got a really good lineup for the last week. Pat Oswald's going to be on and Martin Short and, all sorts of people. And so. one mystery guest on the Tuesday show. And I think that's the one that I've signed up for. So I don't that's know. It's like the mystery airhead. It's well, always they, the best. <laughs> well, they think it's either going to be Drew Barrymore or John Goodman because they were both on his first show. Uh-huh. Uh, so, well, or, Jed but Black's going to be his last guest. He's the last guest. Yes. 
And it's it's sad. It's sad what NBC did to him. And yes. I encourage everyone to see his final speech of the Tonight Show when he mm-hmm. talked about following your dreams and how crushed he was. And that now he's going just, to HBO Max. Yeah. I also encourage everybody to Google what happened to him because it is no uh, wrong. Bill Carter. Bill Carter wrote a whole book about it. Yeah, it's the real the war wrong. for late night. You should read it. It's really and good. after that. I mean, I never watched Jay Leno to begin with, and but then, I never uh, did. then after that, it was like, nope, nope, nope. Uh, I I am a loyal Letterman slash Colbert. That's my time slot. And uh, Colbert starts live audiences on monday and his first guest is going to be john stewart yes who's a producer on the show so right and i can't wait to see john baptiste back in this in the ed sullivan theater i just love oscar winner john patiste yeah i was gonna say oscar winner doesn't he just ooze joy christina and goodness um, I mean, he's also really beautiful. And, and <laughs> so I was like, talented. I was like, yeah, hit one so of my favorite two-minute clips. I have a, I have a whole bank of YouTube clips that I go to when I feel like um, the universe is crushingly bad and I hate everybody and everybody's a terrible human. Um, and one of my favorite clips to go to is uh, him and Weird Al Yankovic meeting in the basement of the Ed Sullivan Theater, and they have a riff off with an accordion and. Uh, uh, his little recorder uh, melodica yeah is that what that's called it's amazing everyone <gasps> should play the melodica it's delightful oh i'll have to watch that i'm like yep, have... nope faith in humanity renewed okay mm-hmm. i'm out oh my god i have to watch that well i have only tried a couple times to get colbert tickets when i'm visiting my son charlie but uh charlie and my son tim and a friend of theirs they got colbert tickets the first season when Lin-Manuel Miranda was on to discuss when Hamilton moved from the public to Broadway. Well, and also, I had to explain to them who he was. Well, <laughs> he's, he's good friends with Fallon. He does a lot of things mm-hmm. with Fallon. Oh yeah. Well, that's why they did that. Well, they bonded over weird Al. Apparently they're big huh. weird Al fan. Cause you know, weird Al did the who polka. doesn't love Weird Al? And well, yeah, he does the weird. Well, he he the, does the polka version of Hamilton. Yes, yep. it's great. It's fantastic. All right, yeah. we have to wrap it up. Christina, where can we find you on the socials? Oh, uh, on the socials, I am. Uh, I'm on the the Twitter and the Instagram and the and the Facebook. On Facebook, I'm my actual name, Christina Rios. But everywhere else, I'm Miss Precedented Times because I do. I do miss precedented times. Aww. I'm done living in unprecedented times. I miss just precedented times. Well, you can find me on the Twitters and the Instagrams at underscore Carl the intern. And Lynn, where, oh yeah. And you can find me on the radio, like on KMOX and uh, KFTK all over the place, all over the time. Lynn, where can we find you? I am in the Webster Kirkwood Times for my movie reviews and an occasional feature. I am in the Belleville News Democrat. I just did a story on David Sandusky of The Beast. Best barbecue in all the land, I think. And uh, he is going to be on the new Food Network contest called Barbecue Brawl. It starts Monday, 8 p.m. He's one of 12 pitmasters chosen from across the country. So I'm excited and about that so that my article will be in the Belleville News Democrat. And then I am also on KTRS every Thursday night to talk movies. Lynn, uh, Miller Furniture presents Lynn Van House Goes to the Movies at 1030 with Ray Hartman. And I have uh, my own website, poplifestl.com. I have a new article, Take 10 with Ellie Schwetti because she's directing the one man show uh, that I'm going to go see tonight. I am back in the theater. Isn't that crazy? Isn't that wild? We're back. I know I'm going. Yeah. Last week, Shakespeare and the rep at at Coca. And then this tonight I'm at the Kranzberg art center and tomorrow, I mean, Sunday I will be for Tesseract Taylor's place and I'll be at the Zach. Yep. We're going to go see that. Uh, Miss Tucker, my, uh, my longtime work partner, and yes. I will be going there next weekend. Yeah, I'm gonna so I'm gonna go to Dan Buck's thing out in Hazelwood tonight. I'm the rock and driving, so I'm gonna go see the Blues Brothers because my daughter's never seen it. Oh, oh. see, that's what I, I mean. Like, there's so much education when you're mm-hmm. like, wait a minute, have oh. you never seen the Goonies? Sit down. <laughs> like we have, we have 
we got to fix this. Yes. And if you haven't ever seen Elaine May, her movie, A New Leaf, is going to be the subject of the golden anniversaries on Cinescoop, on uh, Cinema St. Louis's With Walter Matthau. Yeah. Monday. And the, the new biographer of Elaine May is going to be the speaker. Now, Carl, yes, in the new Cinescoop, which is the newsletter from Cinema St. Louis, they put our Real Times trio from last week with Josh on it. They linked oh, it. Oh, great. The one where I'm on it for like eight seconds. I know. <laughs> well, that'll that'll change. But real quick, if you want to spotlight food in the loo, besides the barbecue brawl, uh, Netflix has a show called Fresh, Fried, and Crispy. And the whole episode oh. is on St. Louis. They go to Zia's. They go to Sweet Art, which is a vegan bakery and cafe, and they go to Grace Meat and Three. So, oh, nice. and that's on on Netflix. And then also there is another uh, food show. Crown Candy Kitchen was on Restaurant Recovery. Yes, they, they filmed were. It, they filmed it last August, and Nelly helps them. That's a great show. That mm-hmm. was really really fun. And then Channel Nine has a show on the Switzer Licorice Company called yes, Candy. They do. Okay. Mm-hmm. So there's my, there's my food, a uh, fun food facts for St. Louis. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, thank, thank you, you Christina. For being on, Christina. We would love to have you on again to talk any movies that you want to talk. Yay. Oh, Let I'm... us know anytime. Yay. Yeah. Next. Oh, when Lynn men, not that we're just pigeonholing you with Lynn Manuel Miranda, but Vivo. Can't wait. Can't wait. I've got like, when I see this stuff, it immediately goes in my phone. I'm like, add to calendar. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, I can't. I'll be doing that. I'm also going to Spirit Untamed. I cannot wait. Um, just the trailer alone makes me cry. Yeah. I enjoyed I, it. I it got this, terrible no. reviews, but I enjoyed it because I like those girls, <laughs> the girl friendships, because I think that's really important. Yep, we've got to see him. You can't be what you can't see. Like bottom line for everybody, for everywhere, everything. You cannot be what you cannot see. And if we don't highlight healthy relationships, we don't highlight all these things. We're not, we're not. I mean, that's the education they're getting. And on that note, we're out. Right. Bye, Thank everybody. you, everybody. Bye. Stay Thank safe. You. Buy local. Support local. Be good and be kind. Bye. Bye. Bye.